Praise God. We're in a good place today. Why don't you all move this place down to Fort Myers, Florida? Where I live, so I go to church here all the time. That's what we need to do. How many of you are in favor of moving to Fort Myers, Florida? Come on, let's do this. Come on, Pastor, let's make this happen. Man, this is a good place to be. Can you say amen? amen. You have some of the most incredible pastors here. This is your opportunity. You better believe it. Love these folks. They are such a blessing to my life. And I know they have been to you as well. And if I lived in this area, I'd be here all the time. Listen, I want to let you know, first of all, let me, I'm okay, all right? Uh, somebody twisted my arm to do something. No, actually, I had, I had shoulder surgery six weeks ago. Probably should have it in my sling. However, I'm just kind of like counting this as my physical therapy time, Okay. <laughs> And um, so I'm doing okay, I'm doing fine, and um, I didn't fall or anything, I actually submitted myself to this, and it's no fun, but your prayers are appreciated, amen? amen. Praise God. I want you to be invited, I want you to know that you are invited to be with us in the Dominican Republic in 2023. The dates of our trip are June 19th through the 27th, and registration should open up within the next week. And uh, it's just going to be an amazing trip. Uh, you've seen all the elements of the trip in the video here. We do construction. This year we built a church twice the size of this one. It was insane what these guys accomplished, and it's just amazing because, you know what, it would take them close to 35 to 40 years to be able to amass enough money and be able to do the work to build what you just saw in that video, an 8 by 12 meter church, 35 to 40 years for them to do that. We did it for them in seven days. Can you say amen? I thought you were a medical ministry. We are, but not everybody's medical. You may have a wife that's a nurse or a husband that's a doctor or a dentist or a pharmacist, and you're wondering, how could you be used in a medical trip like this? Because it's a multifaceted trip. We do medical. We do a pastor's conference, which you saw there. There's logistics. There's security that takes place. There's construction that takes place. We have a, a, a VP, a senior VP from the NCAA come with us and do a basketball clinic for the for the young people, you know, young guys like, you know, 20, 20, 18, 15 years old, they don't think that they need to go and see a doctor because they're pretty healthy. But if you hold something like that, they'll come. Yeah. And you know, if the boys come, guess who else comes? The girls. <laughs> they show up too. You see, and that's why I'm like this right now, because I did things when I was 18 years old that I thought I could handle, and it comes back to haunt you when you're 60. I'll be honest, 66. That's what it is. So, you know, and half of those people, over 150 of those kids came, and half of them gave their lives to Christ. Can you say praise the Lord? It's just incredible. So it, it doesn't matter what your gift is, evangelism, construction, 
uh, logistics, security, it doesn't matter what your gift is, we can use you in the Dominican Republic in 2023 because 70% of our team, 65 to 70% of our team is non-medical to facilitate the medical side of our missionary endeavor. You see, I tell people, they say, are you medical? I say, no, if I operate on you, you shall surely die. It says so right here. <laughs> Says so right here. You don't want me near you. Uh-uh. No. So uh, this is what I do to people. So this is the truth of the matter is we need all of you. If you're living, breathing, and you feel a tug on your heart to go to the Dominican Republic, June of 2023, you see us at our table back there, and we'll make sure that you get taken care of. There's information there that gives you an overview of the 2023 trip and it will give you all the details, and we'll talk with you. We'll be able to answer any questions that you have. Also, you saw a lot of gifts being given out in this video. There's a gift room list on the table in front of the psalm booth. We invite you to pick up that gift list. There are things that we need. That tra trailer that's behind the motor coach is actually... I mean, I saw it. You guys already have gathered tons of stuff together, and the church down in... Hampton has gathered a bunch of stuff together, and then the church in New Kent is putting stuff together. My wife is going to literally have to drive the Jeep for the next four months behind me as I drive the motor coach. It, it's just not going to fit in the, in, the, in the trailer because we're going to have so many things to give to the people of the Dominican Republic. So we invite you to pick up a piece. You know what, honey? I forgot. Could you give that to me? Don't throw it to me. No. No. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. You know what? We also have Dominican coffee. Now, here's the thing. The people at Starbucks, I tell people everywhere, they hate us because they taste our coffee and they say, we wish our coffee tasted that good. This is, who, who likes coffee here? Oh, here you go, sir. There you go. It's all yours. If anybody else wants some, you have to buy it from me. Okay, my wife will be glad to take care of you back at the table. Listen, here's how we do it. We buy it, we bring it here, we sell it for a profit. Of course, we make a profit. You know what we do with that money? We put fuel in that beast out there. In the, you, you, did you see the beast out there? It's a beautiful beast, isn't it? You prayed for that beast for us. You gave to help make that happen. And you know, we didn't go out and buy it with ministry money. I'll tell you what happened. Somebody in the Dominican Republic that was on our team said, you can't drive that old broken down 400,000 mile coach any longer. You can't do it. In fact, the dealership said, you can, you can leave this year, but you'll never get back. <laughs> My wife said, huh? <laughs> you know? And so uh, we, we were praying, and uh, we were without a coach, and we were in the Dominican Republic, and this person came to me and said, listen, uh, what are you going to do when you get home? You don't have a coach. You've got a full schedule this fall. What are you going to do? I said, I really don't know, but we got 270 people here right now. We got work to do. 
I said, well, talk to you when we get home. We got home. He called me up and he said, okay, time to talk to me. We got together, my, our wives together, and our, we went and we looked at this coach. And he said, well, Pastor Kurt, what do you think? I said, well, it's more than what we could have ever asked for. He said, will it pull the coach? And the, the dealership said, absolutely, it'll pull the coach. And this is the first entry-level line that will be able to pull uh, or pull a trailer like that. And so uh, this is what you need. And they looked at my wife and said, Debbie, is this what you would like? Does this look nice? And she said, I couldn't have picked out the colors better. If I had to pick them out, this is what I'd want. And the guy looked over at the guy and said, we'll take it. Here's a check. Oh, amen. Hello. Yeah. Did you hear what I said? We did more than win the lotto. God blessed us tremendously, and, and that individual paid for that entire coach and donated it to Hope International. Can you, can you just say praise the Lord? So we tell, we tell churches that because, you know, I know pastor's going to receive an offering for us later. I don't want you to think that we're going out living high on the hog on your money. What is given to hope is used for hope in the Dominican Republic. Can you say praise the Lord? So I think I've done all, have I done all the commercials? I, she keeps me online. How many of you love God? How many of you are just amazed at what he does? Does he not set us up for success? I mean, if you just let God, he'll set you up for success. He really will. You know, my assignment here this morning is to declare his word to you. And then it is to challenge your heart. And then it is to encourage you. And I want to say thank you to each and every one of you because you guys have supported Hope International over the years with your giving and by going. And I want to say thank you because without you, things like this on the video could never happen. Can you say amen? We had 600, over 600 people give their lives to Christ this year. People changed by the power of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Listen, in the midst of all the insanity that is happening around, and it doesn't take long. I mean, you don't have to look very far to see a bunch of insanity happening around us today in this world. I mean, there's fires out west, there's hurricanes down south coming at Florida. We got out of Florida just in time, baby. Then there's politics and mass shootings. And, but in the middle of it all, God's got some encouraging words for us right here today. Hallelujah. Jeremiah 29.11 is our foundational scripture for Hope International. And it's one of my favorite scriptures. In fact, it became a more favorite scripture of mine when I came home one year from the Dominican Republic and my mother was in very, very, very bad condition. I think she was 80-something when she passed away. But she was in a home up in Michigan, found out that she was in bad shape, and I flew up there to see her. And I said, Mom... I said, I got to ask you, I got to make sure, do you remember when you asked Jesus Christ into your life? And she was kind of like in a state where she didn't respond to anybody. And we were totally amazed when she turned her head to me and with tears coming down her face, 
and a smile on her face. She said to me as clear as a bell, Oh, honey, how could I ever forget that day? I was assured in my heart that my mom had given her life to Christ and that I was going to see her again someday. And when we left that day, I didn't know if I'd ever see her again alive, and I didn't. But my sister gave me her Bible, and I took it home, and I just started reading it, and I just opened it up. And to my surprise, the most worn out area of her entire Bible was Jeremiah 29, 11 through 14, underlined. I'm like, this is incredible because this is our foundational scripture of Hope International. It says this, God says, For I know the thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord. Thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. Come on, somebody say, praise the Lord. The message translation says it this way. It says it like this. God said, I know what I'm doing. You know, I, I like reading different translations. I mean, the message, it, it kind of gives a little bit of oomph to it, you know. I know what I'm doing. God says, I got it all planned out. Plans to take care of you. Not abandon you. Plans to give you the future you hope for. When you call upon me, when you come and you pray to me, I'll listen. When you come looking for me, you'll find me. Yes, when you get serious about finding me and want it more than anything else, I'll make sure you won't be disappointed. God's decree, I'll turn things around for you. You can count on it. Somebody say amen to that. In, 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 in January or June of 2017, Debbie and I lived this verse out in the Dominican Republic. And my life has been changed forever because of it. And this morning I pray that your life will be impacted as well. Father, impact our lives. Speak to our hearts. Lord, do things in us and through us and about us, Lord, that could never be done in any other way but by your Spirit and through your Word. Father, we thank you for your Word. Help me to preach your Word with truth and clarity, God. And we'll give you the praise and the honor and the glory for all that you do today in this service. In the mighty name of Jesus and everyone said, Amen. Amen. Here's an absolute for you, friends. Psalms 37, verse 23. This is what it says. The steps of the righteous are ordered of the Lord. How many of you believe that today? Who are the righteous? You are. The Bible tells us that. Not because of what we have done, but because of what He has done. It's so important to remember that righteousness is not about our works. It's about our relationship. For once we ask Jesus Christ to forgive us of our past, to, uh, to forgive us of our sins, we are instantly clothed in the righteousness of Jesus Christ. That's what the book says. And God promises us here that once we have entered into our relationship with Him, He will order, He will direct your steps. Hallelujah. Let's talk about steps for a few minutes. 21 years ago, we left that church that, that we planted 
and pastored in Michigan for 20 years, and we established Hope International Ministries. Our focus was to acquire a 500-foot vessel and equip her fully with a fully functional hospital. In fact, God took us to the Maritime Administration in Washington, D.C. I met with the leaders and the entire group, the entire board, and they were naming off ships out of the U.S. Reserve Fleet to give us. My wife and I are sitting back going with eyes wide open. They said, we can give her the Savannah. The Savannah, listen, the Savannah was the first nuclear-powered passenger ship. I'm thinking, nuclear-powered? Don't have to buy fuel? But they said, oh, no. No, we can't give them that. It's got issues. And they moved right ahead. And then we ended up in the Pentagon with Admiral Vernon Clark, Chief of Naval Operations for the United States. Spent a half hour with him as he talked about us, with us, about how that he could actually help give direction to having a ship built for us. I'm like, wait a second. Well, before we were able to get a ship, God shipwrecked us on an island called the Dominican Republic. And God gave us uncommon favor with the people, the pastors, and the president, Leonel Fernandez, who became a great friend to us and our entire ministry. And he asked us to continue coming to the Dominican Republic with our medical teams. After his eight-year term was up, friends, the newly elected president, Danilo Medina, asked to meet with us. He had heard about us. And it wasn't what we would, I would describe as a warm and fuzzy meeting. But he embraced us nonetheless because he knew what we were doing for his people and for his country. And it was at that meeting I gave to him this statue. The statue, this bronze statue, was in, but the, 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 the plaque was in English or in Spanish. This one's in English. It says here, it's a man kneeling at a chair with a Bible at the bottom. And he's praying. Obviously, he's praying. And it says, seek me with your heart. And then it goes on and says, you will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. Jeremiah chapter 29, 13. Are all of these things coincidences? I don't think so. And I said to him, Mr. President, with the weight of your country upon your shoulders, you will need God's help and guidance. And I told him that if you needed that help, all he would have to do was ask God, and God would respond. It's incredible what God did that day. And then I asked if I could pray for the president. I mean, when you get in there, listen, you go for it all. You don't hold nothing back. And he said, of course. So my wife and I, John and Sherry Kipper, who actually John led me to the Lord years ago, we laid hands on the president, prayer to prayer, prayer of faith over him. And then um, we, we left. We left his office that day. Now I'm sharing you, with you these details to emphasize that our God is a God of divine appointments in strategic alliances. Things just don't happen. Oh, funny thing. I, can you believe that happened? Isn't that a coincidence? Duh, there are no coincidences when it comes to God. 
He is a God of divine appointments and strategic alliances. Fast forward to February of 2017. This was our second meeting with President Medina. And it was amazing. It was amazing. Totally different than the first time. He was personable. He was helpful. He was accommodating. In fact, he was actually joyful to see us as he came over, shook my hand, and hugged me. What is this guy? Who is this guy? No, it's the president. He wasn't that way the first time I met him two years earlier, but he was here. And at that meeting, I recognized that there was his assistant. Same assistant that was with him three and a half years earlier. His name is Robert, assistant to the president that we had met in our first meeting with President Medina. And, and he had told me about a special needs orphanage that he and his wife, his wife is a surgeon, were involved in in Santo Domingo. And, and, but we never got a chance to connect since our first meeting. Somehow, he changed his email address and I never got a hold of him again. So at this meeting, this, this meeting with the president, I said, Robert, what about this special needs orphanage? You guys still involved in that? He said, absolutely. Would you like to go see it? And I said, absolutely. And he said, I'll pick you guys up at your hotel 7 o'clock tomorrow morning. Us two guys were like, yeah, that's awesome. The girls were like, 7 o'clock? I'm so glad I don't have to put makeup on in the morning. Probably should, but I don't need it, you know. So he picked us up at 7 o'clock in the morning, took us to see the special needs orphanage. At that time, they only had 48 children, and they all had cerebral palsy. And as we walked into this building, it's about the length of the sanctuary here, and about half as wide, three stories high. Beautiful building, built just a couple years earlier. And I walk into it, and here I see there's, 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 there's paint peeling off of the, 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 the roof of the second floor. I mean, off of the ceiling. And I'm thinking, this is crazy. Why is this happening? And God said, put a new roof on the building. And I'm like, you have any clue what you're saying? And then I said to Robert, I said, Robert, why is, why, is, why is all this paint peeling? He says, well, the contractor did a very bad job. He said, water's pouring in from the roof. Every time the rainy season comes, the kids get wet. God said it again. Put a roof on the building. I said, well, God, we, we don't do roofs. We do medical. God said, put a, put a new roof on the building. And it's like, God, we, we don't have the money to do this. I mean, we, we, and I argued with him, and we're walking through, and, and I, 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 I mean, I'm having this discussion with God, and my wife is asking all these questions of Robert and looking at the children, and the place was spotless. I mean, there, there's no odor in the place. It was just absolutely incredible. They didn't know we were coming, and that's just, it, just incredible. And I turned around, and I finally said to Robert, Robert, we'll put a new roof on this building. And you know what? First, uh, Hope International is not the first national bank of Fort Myers. <laughs> and, and my wife knows that. So when I said, Robert, we'll put a new roof on this place, she goes, because she knows our finances. I thought, well, it could cost $5,000, maybe $10,000 at the most. It'll be okay. And, uh, you know, I'm thinking, 
it's five hours away, I'll have somebody, you know. Well, what happened is, is I had an engineer take a look at it. And the engineer told me, he said, listen, he said, it's going to cost you at least $15,000 to do this. I'm like, oh boy, this is not good. So we got back from the Dominican Republic about two weeks later. We were in Indianapolis. We had shot a small piece to raise money for the orphanage roof and uh, to try to raise that $15,000. And the pastor said, hey, Kurt, let's show it to the people. Let's give them an opportunity to give. Let's take a special offering. I didn't ask him to do that. He said, let's do that. So he did. He showed it. And while I'm sitting down there next to my wife, this guy walks over to me. Seriously. He walks over to me. He's got a cowboy hat on in church. We're in Indianapolis, Indiana, man. We're not out west. We're in Indianapolis, Indiana. He's got a cowboy hat on. He's got a red plaid flannel shirt on. He's got uh, tucked in. He's a skinny, tall drink of water with blue jeans on and cowboy boots on. Honestly, it was. He comes over and he bends over and he says, my wife and I have a foundation. We'll pay for that roof. And he turns around and walks away. Now, I'm... I'm, I've got tears streaming down my face. I mean, I just had a God moment. How many of you understand what I'm talking about? And my wife is looking at me wondering, what did that guy just say to Dick Kurt, you know? <laughs> Come to find out, that was Mr. Kenny Irwin. His son, Kenny Irwin Jr., a NASCAR driver. You, some of you know that name. Kenny Irwin Jr. was killed there on the runway, there, or not runway, but on the racetrack in Indianapolis one year. And his dad started a foundation, and Kenny Irwin Jr. Foundation from NASCAR put that roof on that building. Well, listen, that roof costed, yeah, that roof cost over $19,000. And then other things got thrown in. Because to do the roof, we had to move the electric. And we had to move all the water and all the pumps. It ended up being $35,000. That's what I should have made the video on. But you know, God paid for it all. Isn't that just the way he does this? Now, listen, we spent five hours with Robert that day. And we learned that since our first meeting with the president, that... Now, here we are three and a half years later that Robert would often go into the president's office and he would find the president in the morning there very early. He didn't even know the president was there. He would find him in his office kneeling at his couch praying for his country. How many of you understand the steps of the righteous are ordered of the Lord? In fact, Robert said that since our first meeting with the president, that a change had taken place in his president's life, that his president had become a man of great faith in God. Hallelujah! I believe he got saved. Can you say amen? You see, fast forward now to June 1st 
of 2017. The orphanage had a new roof on it. Two containers were on the way to the Dominican Republic. One filled with $8 million of medicine. You saw it in the video. The other filled with $2 million of supplies. You saw it in the video. And at this point, things went terribly wrong. The shipping company messed up all of our paperwork. The manifest for this container was put with this container. The number on the container from this container was put on this container. And the seal from this container was put on this container. You couldn't have messed things up more. But that's what happened with the container company. Immediately as it entered into port, it was seized by the legal department of the Dominican Republic. I reached out to the president's office and every day for the next three weeks as our team was getting ready to come, another challenge hit us. And it looked as though we would never see those containers released from customs. I was in constant contact with Robert. Robert, can't you pull some strings? Can't the president do something? Texting with him daily and receiving texts back. What's happening with him? And he was working steadily on our behalf. Finally, a few days before our team arrived uh, from the United States, the medical container was released. Hallelujah! But when we got it, it wasn't the medicine. It was the supplies. We still had absolutely no medicine. People, I can't fully explain to you how deeply my heart sank. Total devastation doesn't even begin to come close to the way I felt. It was the perfect storm that threatened to render our team powerless and totally disrupt the entire mission that we had come to accomplish. Friends, if there's one thing that I've learned in life is that when you're in the middle of a storm, you keep on rowing. When you're in a fight, you keep on fighting. If you get knocked down, listen, you remember that you're not defeated until you stay down for the count. You trust in the Lord at all times. Fight the good fight of faith. Wipe the mud off your face and get back up on your feet and remember that He has ordered your steps. Listen, in the eyes of the disciples, things had gone terribly wrong. After a triumphant entrance of Jesus into the holy city, the people were shouting praises. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. And now there they were only five days later, people, watching their Lord being nailed to a cross. I think they would say the same thing as I did. Things had gone terribly wrong. Our team was about to arrive and we had no medicine. Can you imagine 267 people from five different nations, 22 different states, 61 different churches, seven different denominations, all of which have taken seven to ten days off of work, to paid their own way to come, and I have no medicine for their medical team to use? Yeah. In my mind, so many things were going on. I thought, God, do you know what you're doing? I'm a pastor, and I asked him that. Is that crazy or what? What's going to happen to all these people who need medicine, God? How are we going to take care of them? How are they going to be taken care of? How are they going to be healed? What a stupid question. 
how are we going to treat them? Then I thought, oh God, these medical professionals are going to arrive and we have no medicine to use. Nobody will ever take another trip with us again. Nobody. Hopefully when I get back to the United States, because I'm a friendly guy and I like people and I've got a great personality, they'll hire me at Walmart and give me a blue vest to greet people at the door. Have you ever been in that place, friends, where the deadline was approaching and and suddenly you're between the rock and the hard place and you're trying to figure things out? That was me. And that's exactly where I was. And it was then that the Holy Spirit and my wife, sometimes I can't tell the difference between the two, (laughs) reminded me, he has it all planned out. Come on. Listen, guys, we need to get rid of our male Neanderthal way of thinking that our wives are just a showpiece on our arm and understand that God can speak through our wives. Let me try that again. (laughs) Fishing season is upon us. Hunting season is coming up in football. And all the men said... There you go. You might have redeemed yourself, but it was still a little weak. It would do us well to listen to our wives once in a while. Debbie said to me, God has a plan. It's all right. So did I relax? No. But I can tell you every moment of every day as we continued with logistics preparing for the team's arrival, we were continually praying. Prayer. We were praying. Prayer brings peace. Did you have peace, Pastor? No! (laughs) But it did bring me perspective. Unfortunately, I'm human, just like all of you, friends. And sometimes I have to relearn lessons from difficult times earlier in my walk with Jesus. I have to relearn them and be put into remembrance of what I've learned. That God can take any mess and turn it into a miracle. You see, if we have the mind of Christ, then we have his thoughts too. And if we have his thoughts, then we have his plan, God's plan for us, and the power that's necessary to accomplish them. Because God would never give us a plan without the power to accomplish it. By the time 267 team members arrived in the Dominican Republic, God's plan was in motion. I told our team the situation. I said, we've got no medicine. It's still in a container in the port. I can't get it. That everything that was possible was being done to secure its release. And then it hit me. Romans 8:28. Boom. Paul said, for we know that all things, Not some things, not just the easy things, not just the pleasant things, but even those things that are difficult, challenging, hard, and devastating, and causing us to suffer. Are you getting the picture here? All things work together for the good to those who love God. That was me. To those who are called according to His purpose. That was us. And it was interesting how that scripture ends. Paul wrote, according to his purpose. And in hindsight, according to his purpose meant something totally different than what we thought. Let me quickly share with you just a couple things that I learned all over again. Number one, when things go wrong and it looks like the end, it's really just the beginning of something supernatural. 
In our orientation meeting, I explained the situation to our team with the containers, that we were going to hold our mobile clinics just as planned, without our supplies and without our medicine. And if we didn't have medicine to give the people that were sick, when all was not lost, we still have Jesus to give them. I have to admit that I was just being pastoral there. I was freaking out. Our meds are taken out every day in a box like this. Actually, five of these boxes. These boxes can hold a lot. I mean, they're huge. I mean, we would put 200 pounds of pills and liquid medicine in every one of those boxes, and five boxes would go out to the village every morning. The only difference was this year, or that year in 2017, they were empty. The only thing that we had were two one-quart plastic Ziploc bags of medicine left over from the year before. That's it. And so here we are the next morning, about an hour into our first day's clinic, and I noticed that patients were backed up at our pharmacy waiting area. Those of you that have been with us understand what I'm talking about. I was thinking, why are they all backed up there? We don't have any medicine to give to them. So I went over to the pharmacy, and there were people in the pharmacy working like crazy, putting stuff together. And I said to our lead pharmacist, I said, Margie, what's going on? What are all these patients waiting for? And she said, Pastor, we're filling prescriptions with the medicine you got us. I said, what? She said, look, the medicine that you got us. I mean, they're like eight, eight-foot tables full of medicine. Full of medicine. It was like God gave us manna from heaven instead of it was medicine from heaven. God took what little that we had and like Jesus with the five fishes and two loaves, God multiplied our supply. I have never seen anything like it in my life. I have never seen this happen. The creative power of God before my very eyes. Some medicine was provided through some local contacts. People brought it to us in the DR. But a lot of the medicine that we needed, we had never carried before. We didn't even have it on the manifest for this year. It wasn't even in the container that was yet stuck in customs. We didn't have it. But they came over and they said, Margie, we need this, 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 and this. And they said, we don't carry it. They opened up the box and there it is. They didn't even have to dig for it. It was right on top. How do you figure that? Let me tell you what. 2017 was a total supernatural year for us. Literally a creative miracle of God. Our dentists need Novocaine. And we found some. It was all expired. (laughs) So they prayed over it. I'm glad I wasn't that guy in that seat. They prayed over it, and God gave it its full strength back. Every patient 
walked out without any pain. Can you say praise the Lord? It's like manna from heaven, man. You see, faith erupts. Get this. Get this into your heart and your spirit. Faith erupts the instant we become more aware of our spiritual resources than our natural obstacles. Another thing that I learned in the Dominican Republic that year is what may be causing us to suffer now is actually something that is shaping us to be able to receive immeasurably above and beyond all that we could ask or think. You see, God showed us that when we think that we have nothing, in Him we already have everything. And without even realizing it, our dependence was on the medicine more than on His miracle-working power. That had to be taken away from us. And it was. And you know what happened? We saw miracle after miracle. 136 miracles confirmed by our medical staff. These people came in blind. They came in blind, brought by other people so that they could find their way into the clinic. Everybody comes through one gate. Everybody leaves through one gate. It's very hard for anybody to get in or to get out without everybody on the team seeing those people. These three, they're not three blind mice, don't go there. But these three ladies, they were all blind. They were all holding on to each other, brought them in. And so they get them into the prayer room and they start praying and they have cataracts. They can't see. They're white. Their eyes are completely white. You can't see any color in their eyes. And so they prayed over the first one, and they're all crying as they're praying, and they're crying, and they're crying. And the first lady, she opens her eyes, and she starts shouting, Glory adios, glory adios, I can see, you know. And then the other two open up their eyes. They hadn't even prayed, prayed for yet. And they can see the cataracts were gone. Somehow, God did a miracle in those two ladies' lives without us even praying for them. The nerve. An older woman doubled over, barely walking. She was helped into the prayer room. She was helped into the prayer room. She could barely walk. I was standing in the courtyard with Demita Williams, our clinic director, and she said, look at that poor woman. There is absolutely nothing that we can do but pray for her. And she's going into the prayer room now. So they got her in the prayer room. And I'm standing out there talking with her in the courtyard. And all of a sudden we hear this commotion coming from the prayer room. And all of a sudden, like a shot right out of that room. Here comes that old woman running out of the room. And listen, she was so excited that God had healed her and made her whole. She didn't even stop at the gift room. She just went right for the gate and she was gone. People came into the clinic in crippling pain. Medicine could not help them. But our physicians called upon the name of the Lord, and healing came. Every day, God displayed his miracle-working power before our very eyes. At the end of five days of mobile clinics, we recorded 136 miracles of healing that were confirmed by our doctors, and they were totally baffled. Even the believers were baffled. We were amazed. It was so powerful, the display of God's healing power, that an unsaved cancer breast surgeon had come, and she gave her life to Jesus Christ and was baptized in water. Just a few weeks after she returned to the United States, she sent me a prayer request for one of her nurses who was diagnosed with stage 4 cancer. 
She said, Pastor Kurt, I have a prayer request. My nurse has recurrent breast cancer with metastatic disease. She's, a, she's very young. She has two young children. Her name is Christine. Please pray for her. Thank you. There is power in prayer, and I believe in miracles. About a week and a half later, she sent me an email. She said, just an update. No cancer. It's gone. The next year, she brought her daughter to the Dominican Republic. She got saved, and she got baptized in water. Come on. A few days after our team returned, uh, one of our 2017 team members, Sharon, posted this testimony on Facebook. This is so critical to you, for you to hear. I'm like, this is amazing. Okay, Sharon, I met her when I first got saved and got into the church. So I knew her back from the youth group and young, young adult group. So you can, I'm 66 years old. That's like almost 50 years ago, okay? It's a long time ago. Say a long time ago. I've known her all that time. So she wrote this, and I copied it, and I pasted it in my notes. Okay, for those of you who think miracles of healing only happen in the Bible, I'm going to be a walking, talking testimony that they happen today. Before I left for the Dominican Republic, this is 2017, I had to get clearance from my doctor because my CT scan showed a tumor in the bone of my head, a tumor in my sinus, and a cyst in my mastoid bone. As a four-time cancer survivor, she had had cancer four times already. As a four-time cancer survivor, any tumor that includes bone is scary. I grew up knowing about miracles, watching them happen, but I was still afraid. You see, my daddy died from brain, a brain tumor when I was seven years old. The doctor gave me the clearance to go on this mission trip because I convinced her that I really needed to go. I had obstacle after obstacle try to prevent me from going on this trip. Let me say this, friends. Whenever God is about to do something supernatural in you or through you, the powers of darkness will always build obstacles in your path. We arrived on Monday morning, she said, and I worked all week with terrible headaches. I won't pretend that my job on the team was hard because it was so much fun being with the other women in the pharmacy. Fun is not allowed on our trips. I'm going to have to talk to her about that. But my head still hurt. And my poor husband had to deal with me after a long day of working out in the hot sun building the church because I had absolutely no nerve left and I was very crabby, to put it mildly. I was done with clinics on Saturday, as everybody else was. So Sunday night, I chose to go to the Dominican church that Pastor Rob was speaking at. And before the church service started, and while people were still coming in, I started worshiping God during a song in Spanish that I couldn't sing to because I didn't know the words to it. For some reason, I felt the need to ask God to send an army of angels to protect me, my marriage, my job, and my family. Immediately, my ears popped, which hadn't happened in two months because it was impossible with the tumors that were in the way. And my headache, boom, was immediately gone. I haven't had a headache since. And it's still true today. Yesterday, this is when she was writing it, yesterday, four days after, 
This is four days after returning to the United States. I had the MRI to see if my tumor in my head had reached my brain yet before the upcoming appointment with the neurologist. This morning, which would have been on a Saturday morning, he called me to say that he doesn't understand it. You all know what's coming. But what was seen on the CT scan and on the MRI are completely gone. I was healed before I even started speaking, but I knew it was all God. Can you say praise the Lord? Sharon's oncologist said her immune system is 100% back to normal and has declared her 100% cancer-free. Hallelujah. 267 Hope International team members watched people being healed before their very eyes in 2017. And I was reminded that in the United States we have so much available to us. We have medicine, we have doctors, we have specialists that we too often turn turn to him for healing as a last resort instead of as our first choice. Isn't that true? When we fully understand in our minds, church, and accept that God knows the plans that he has for us. Plans that are good, not bad. It's then that we begin to understand and can declare with confidence, for we know that all things work together for the good. Yeah, that year was challenging. I'm telling you, I don't want to live through another one. Seriously, it was a struggle, but struggle doesn't mean that you're weak. It just means that you're alive. And our struggle was living proof that we had not given up and that the enemy had not won. You see, today's tragedies becomes tomorrow's triumphs. And tomorrow's triumphs turn into testimonies that will change the most unsuspecting person's life. Whatever challenge you are facing today, whether you're here in this sanctuary or whether you're watching online, Know that our Lord Jesus Christ is in the house today. Can you say amen? amen? And he says in Matthew 14, 27 to us, Do not be afraid. Why? Because I am here. Listen, friend, you're not alone. Friend online, you're not alone. Everyone faces difficulties. Well, it looks like you're doing pretty good, Pastor Kurt. I got a list of difficulties. I can read them to you. No, I won't. We got a big difficulty before us. We need to raise about $87,000 for Hope International before December to underwrite the DR 2023 trip. We got to buy about $30,000 worth of medicine that isn't donated every year to take care of the specialty items that our doctors need that can't be donated to us. Yeah, I got obstacles. But friends, get your focus off the difficulties and get focused on your victories that are right around the corner because I know the plans that he has for me. They are good and not evil. Can you say amen? Amen. We know that all things work together for the good, for those who love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. Your weakness will never be greater than the strength God can give you in your moments of uncertainty. Let me say that again. You want to write that down. Your weakness will never be greater than the strength God can give you in the moments of uncertainty. The psalmist said, commit your way to the Lord. Trust in Him. 
and he shall bring it to pass. As God said to Israel in Jeremiah's day, I'm saying it to you this morning. So yeah, the worship team comes. God said, I know what I'm doing. Will you trust me? I have it all planned out. Plans to take care of you, not abandon you. Plans to give you the future you hope for. But will you trust me? When you call upon me, when you come and pray to me, I'll listen. When you come looking for me, you'll find me, yes. When you get serious about fighting me and want it more than anything else, I'll make sure you won't be disappointed. Will you trust me? God's decree, I'll turn things around for you. You can count on it. But will you trust me? You may think that your black box of resources is totally depleted right now. That black box in your life could represent your finances, health, strength, relationships, peace, confidence, but your black box is depleted. Could represent your emotions, your business, your work, your faith, your joy. Maybe your strength and the power that you want your life so desperately need is depleted. Tell you how it can be restored by letting the Holy Spirit fill you to overflowing. By letting the Holy Spirit baptize you 